Thank you for that wonderful introduction, um, Pastor Larry. You may take your seats, everybody. Um, you know, we talked about that last night about the sandwich thing. And we, I thought we came to an agreement that we weren't going to bring it up. But, uh, but since he brought it up, then, but what he's not telling you that this guy used to hoard ham in his desk drawer. So it, he had he had no other um, choice but to offer me a sandwich since he was eating ham like there were Twinkies over there. <laughs> the brother would snap his fingers and men would come running to him, bringing them packs of ham, and he would have them in his drawer, literally, and he would take it out and roll it up and eat it. So you can't eat ham in front of somebody without offering them to make him a sandwich. So he so he kind of put me in that position right there. Amen. But um, uh, first, I would like to thank each and every one of you for being here today, for taking the time out to come and, and, and um, be together in the house of the Lord, you know, not forsaking yourselves and assembling together, you know, coming in one mind and one accord so that God can move in this place. Amen. You know, when we, when we agree, God moves. Amen. Scripture says where two or three gather that he is there in the presence, Right. And I see more than two or three here today. And I know that God is able to do something in your life. You know, I, I was at a point, um, I used to always say when God moves. And you know what? That's not really a, a true statement. Because God don't move. Because he's already there. The problem is that we need to move into his presence. See, God's are he's here today. He's, he's, in, the, he's in the tomorrow. So God's already there. It's just that we need to align ourselves with him so that his will can be played out in our lives. Amen? Let's give the Lord a mighty round of applause. Um, I would like to express uh, gratitude towards uh, Pastor Larry and Sister Lisa for um, inviting me over to, to bring forth the word. I mean, it's a, it's a great honor. When somebody invites you to come preach the word, you know, because uh, you're letting them give, feed your flock. You know what I mean? And, and it's like you wouldn't let anybody babysit your, your dog, right? I know I wouldn't let anybody babysit my dog because I love my dog a lot. Amen. His name is Jack. And Jack's just like my best friend, amen, aside from Jesus. But I love Jack. You know what I'm saying? He's the first one at the door. He likes to watch what I watch. He likes to eat what I eat. He never complains, you know. If I feel like sleeping, he'll sleep with me. I feel like walking, he'll walk. You know, he just doesn't complain. Jack is just 100%, whatever you want to do, amigo. You know, he's down. I love Jack. Amen. So, but, you know, I appreciate Pastor Larry allowing me to come over here and bring forth the word unto you. And uh, I want to thank Sister Lisa, too. You know, we know Lisa longer than we know um, Brother Larry. But uh, Sister Lisa... You know, she's very, she was very instrumental in bringing my wife unto the Lord. And uh, she's the one who gave her Bible studies and, and, and convinced her that it was all good. Amen. And, and, uh, and uh, she created a monster, though, because you know, if, if ever there's a day I want to stay home for church, I'm just going to get a big old earphone. That's all your fault. Amen. But anyway, but let's get busy. Let's get into the, the, the word of the Lord. And, and I would like to... Um, Acknowledge uh, Sister Lisa's uh, parents, Brother Steve and Sister Yoli, 
Amen. And, and uh, I know them for many years as well too. And, and they're just a, a great, a great, uh, great friends of ours, and um, and a good example of what it is to serve the Lord when you give it your all. Amen. Amen. So, if you have your Bibles, I would like to ask you to open up. Um, well, this is, you know what, this wasn't even in my notes, but uh, I received this word when I was back there. And I would just like to um, break you off this little nugget that the Lord gave me, okay? In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 4, it says this. It says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Can you say amen? Amen. So why don't we go into a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, my Lord and Savior, for allowing us to be here in your presence, my Lord. For opening doors for us, my Lord, when doors were shut, my Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would free our minds and our hearts and that you open us up to receive your word, my Lord. That any hindrances that may be in this place, my Lord, I pray, Lord God, that they would be left outside that door, my Lord. That we kick the dust off our shoes as we come here in your presence, my Lord. And that we come together, my Lord, and be able to receive your word. Anoint these lips of clay, Lord Jesus. Help me to bring forth your word in a, in a way that is able to be consumed, my Lord. In a way that is understandable, my Lord. And just anoint me, my Lord. Use me, Lord Jesus. Because Lord knows I can't do it without you. And I pray for these things in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastics 11.4. I love the book of Ecclesiastics. You know, it was written by one of the most wisest men in the Bible. We all know him as King Solomon. But I love this portion of scripture right here. It speaks volume. It's such a, a little portion of scripture. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. And, you know, and today I feel that this, this portion of Scripture is so relevant today because, because that word observe means to keep guard and to keep watch. And it seems that today there are many of us that are preoccupied by what is going on in the world today, right? There are a lot of things that are going on. There are, there are wars. There's this pandemic. There's economic uh, crisis. Are you going to go to school or you're not going to go to school? Um, um, do I need to shop to keep employed? You know, all these things that are going on, and it's, happening, and it's making people keep watch and be on guard. So much so that it's hindering people's progress on moving forward, amen? It's kind of put everybody in a situation when you're on the defense rather than on the offense moving forward, right? So you're so busy trying to ward stuff off and keep yourself safe and keep your, your family together and your, your unit together that it's, like I said, is hindering you from moving forward because we're paying so much attention to what is out there, amen? And um, we're not supposed to live that way. We're not supposed to be a people that way, living our lives in fear or with anxiety, right? What does scripture say? Be anxious for nothing, right? But in all things with prayer and thanksgiving, right? You know, we, God doesn't want us all stressed out. God doesn't want us all preoccupied with the maybes, right? But what you should put your finger on are the things that are for sure, and that is the word of God, amen? Yes. God's word will see you through. God's word will carry you through. Amen. You got to stand upon it. You got to believe in it. 
And if you don't stand on it and if you don't believe in it, it's not going to work for you. Because what you put in is what you get out. Right? Amen? You can't think that you want to plant a vegetable garden and then you don't go out there and till the ground and clear the weeds, amen, and do the work and plant the seed and then water and groom and take care of the pests that come in, right? Thinking about it will get you nowhere. What does that saying go? Uh, um, how does that saying go? Man, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, good intentions. There are a lot of people that are full of good intentions. But that's how they are, good intentions, if there's no action behind that intention. You got to put, in order for, for that good intention to grow, you got to feed it. You got to nourish it, nourish it, nourish it. Amen? My mouth is dry, excuse me. Um, I see it. Amen. I, I don't like drinking from a glass because I got a drinking problem. I dribble. <laughs> really, I do. I don't know what happened. It just... So I always drink from a bottle. So you could give me a bottle, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> Amen. And then the, the, second, the second word in there, it says, He that regardeth the clouds, the clouds shall not reap. Now, that word regard means to, to consider, to think of someone or something in a, in a specified way. When we regard something, we give it power. We bring life to it. We make it stronger than it actually is. And yes, there are some things that we should give some regard to. You know, like if I don't pay my light, they might turn off my my. Electricity, right? Well, of course, right? But there are some things that we just pay too much attention to, and, and then we, we give it life, and it has power over us, amen? It's like this COVID-19. There's a lot of people playing, too, giving it too much regard. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that it doesn't exist. But I believe, I, from what I see, and I've been living in it too, but man, they make it seem like things are, are like the sky is falling, right? I, I believe that yes, we should, we should uh, um, be wise, right? We should be mindful, but we shouldn't give it precedent over our lives, amen? And there are things that we, that we, pay, we, we pay too much regard to and they hold us back from doing what God has called us to do, amen? They hold us back from coming together, amen. They hold us back from fellowshipping. They hold us back from sharing the word because you got a mask on your face, amen. You know, you got to go out there. You got a soul. And when you're regarding all these things, these things, well, you want to keep safe. And I understand that. You, you want to keep safe. You want to keep your family safe. You want to keep your economy safe, amen. But you never get anywhere when you play it safe. Remember that movie, uh, Blood In, Blood Out? What did he say? Life is a risk, Anand. Right? <laughs> life, yeah, life's a risk. What's guaranteed in life? Right? We take a chance each and every day. Every day we take chances. Those, those of you that, that like 
being late to work all the time, you can't seem, can't seem to keep your time schedule down, you're taking a risk of being late to work because you don't know for sure if your car is going to start. We some, sometimes we put so much trust in things that are not guaranteed. We give them too much regard. Amen? And that's not my word today, though. That was just a little nugget for you that the Lord gave me. Amen? I'm going to get into this word now. I would like to entitle this message, this message True Grit. Amen? You ever seen that cowboy movie, True Grit? John Wayne, and then they made a remake of it. And that one was good, too. But I like that movie, True Grit. Amen? But I would like to touch on this... Um, on this word right here, resilient. Amen. And this is your theme for the year, right? Amen. Resilient is an objective, right? It's a word that shows objective. It is showing the characteristics of something or someone. Amen. It is the ability. What we I'm pretty sure you guys all heard the, the definition of it. When the, when the thing was first brought out at the beginning of the year. But, it, it, um, but I'm just going to say it again. Um, it's it's um, the ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Amen. That's what being, that's what having resilience, uh, that's what being resilient is. Amen. Be able to rebound, recoil. Amen. And I want to let you know, though. That if, if, if we are caught up in, in, the, in, Ecclesi- in the first scripture that I read, in that, you know what? You're not going to be resilient in your life. Because you're going to be constantly on the defense. Amen? You're going to be constantly focusing on the fear rather than focusing on the solution. Amen? It's like somebody who is sick and they focus on their illness rather than focusing on their healing. Amen? And there's so many people that get caught up in their problems and they're looking at their problems rather than looking at the solution. Right? Amen? That's what happens. Um... I want to let you know right now, I'm not a type of preacher that pumps people up. That's not me. I don't, God don't give me words like that. God always gives me a word to um, uh, help see your blind side, amen. So, so I'm sorry if I, I don't want to sound like I'm um, uh, scolding you. Or, or speaking down to you. That, that is not my, not my intention at all. Amen? It's just to bring forth what God has given me, okay? Now, resilient. What comes first? Resilience or resilient? And I know we're playing with words right there. But in order for one to be resilient, one must first possess resilience. Amen? Are, are you with me? You're following me? So we can't put the, the horse before the cart, right? You got to be have, possess resilience before you experience being resilient. Amen? You get it? Now, what does resilience mean? It is a person. It is, it is, it is, it is the process of adapting well in the place of adversity. Amen? 
and and it and that not only adversity, trauma, trauma, tragedy, and in the midst of all that, you gotta find the meaning behind it. See, we don't go through things just for the sake of going through them. When you're God's people, things don't happen to you just because. Things happen to you and things come your way because God is trying to show you something in it. It's not God that puts you in that position, but our lives and the, and the choices that we make and the steps that we take at times land us in difficult situations, right? And then there are those things that we cannot control, the, the loss of a loved one, the loss of, uh, of a job, right? Well, maybe to a degree we could control that. But if the company's going under, you didn't know. You know, you had no control of that, right? But, but um, part of being a part of uh, being able to be the, the, the recipient of what is being resilient is practicing resilience. And that is, that is um, um, like I said, finding meaning in the challenges that life brings. You know, there are people that go through things, and instead of trying to look for the way out, they get upset and they get mad about it. And instead, and they're not able to move forward because they're just, um, they're just uh, stewing in the situation. They're, they're not looking for a way out. They're not looking for the answer. They're not getting on their knees and crying out to God and praying. They're not, they're not coming together with a brother or with the pastor of the church and sitting down and asking, hey, what do you think about this? Amen. There are some people, they like to keep themselves in a compartment and, and they're leaning to their own understanding and they're dealing with it their own way and they're not finding the way out. And then what happens? You end up repeating that thing over and over again, right? See, in order to be resilient, I mean, to bounce back quickly, you got to learn from your mistake. You ever, I remember there used to be a commercial for seatbelts years ago, and I'm showing my age, but it's okay. I'm not, I don't care. I'm 53. Amen? But um, there used to be a commercial, um, and they were advertising the importance you know, uh, 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 it was a safety um, commercial, not a commercial, but uh, I guess from the Automobile Association about, you know, the importance of, of wearing a seatbelt, right? And they would have those two dummies, right? And they would do a crash test, and one would fly out the window because he wasn't using his seatbelt. And the other ones would be there, you know, in the car all beat up but still with his seatbelt on. And then at the end, they had a slogan, you can, lose, you can learn a lot from a dummy, Right? And I want to let you know, you could. You could learn a lot from a dummy. What not to do, right? What, what, not, what not actions not to take, amen? What not to do, amen? And I want to let you know, man, if you're, if, if you're so focused on your problem and you don't bounce back from it and you can't spring forth from it, it's because you know what? You're there stewing in your problem. You're leaning to your own understanding. You're, you're, you're being like, like Peter when the Lord called him Simon Barjona because he was going back to his old way of thinking, his old way, his old way of being, amen? So he had to call him out on it. And instead of calling him Peter, he called him Simon Barjona because you know what? He, the old you is coming out. It's the old you that is talking right now. It's that, it's that man that you were supposed to lay down, amen. He's starting to resurrect. Your old nature's coming up in the midst of this situation. 
Man, you're supposed to be a new creature in Christ, right? You're supposed to have a new frame of thinking, a new way of thinking, amen? And not, you're resorting to your old ways. You're resorting to your old way, your old pattern. And here you are again, stuck in the rut, amen? Come on. You're God's people. You're a peculiar people, amen? You're a holy nation, amen? I gave you power, amen? I gave you duty must to overcome this situation. You can learn a lot in the midst of your valley. How to walk through it. How to navigate through it. How to circumvent it. What you take with you to get you to the next mountaintop. You know, the valley is not necessarily a bad place. It turns into a bad place when you sit down and you give up. When you just sit there and you start to sightsee in the valley and you start to look around. And, you, and all you see is doom and gloom. Uh, around you, and of course, that's all what's going to be around you if you're not walking through it to get behind it. Right? We keep, if we keep looking back, we'll never move forward. Amen? Now, how is it that one possesses this? You know, what it really comes down to is this. Is that you got to have mental toughness. You got to have the mind for it, right? We all know that the mind and the heart are connected. They're kind of synonymous, right? But there are times where our feelings justify our actions. And and what happens is uh, we're we're not making decisions in a logical way where we're making decisions because of how I feel, right? You know, we all know about feelings. Feelings getting into trouble, right? You ever said something because I felt mad? You ever told your wife something because you, you were mad and then you regret it? You say, well, I'm sorry, baby. And you miss out on the enchiladas that she was going to make? Because <laughs> you couldn't keep your mouth shut because you were feeling like I needed to say it, right? right? That's right, Andrea. I'm talking food. You can make fun of me later. Feelings. They write song about feelings, right? Feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. Huh? My feelings of love. Yeah, right? Feelings. We all know feelings are deceiving. What does scripture say in Jeremiah? Above all things, the heart is what? Deceiving. Deceitful. Sorry. Deceitful, right? Your heart. Even Peter, the Lord told him. You ever read that scripture in the New, Te- in the New Testament? I'm, I'm going to paraphrase now. Um, well, the Lord gives Peter the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And he says, upon this, this rock, you know, on this foundation, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven will be established. And then just like seven scriptures below, he tells him, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter was telling the Lord that he wasn't going to let him go to the crucifixion. That it wasn't going to happen. Right? He meant well. He didn't want no harm to come to his Savior. Right? The very thing that they've been waiting for was there before him. And now you're going to go away. They're going to take you from me. He meant well. Right? He was sincere. But he was sincerely wrong. 
And the Lord tells him, get behind me, Satan. There are times in our lives when we make decisions, and because they're not biblically based, and we're sincere about the matter, and we're sincerely wrong, and we're hindering the will of God in our lives, and the lives of those that we're trying to reach, in our church growth, amen, in our walk with God, and we hinder that, amen. So feelings have nothing to do with being resilient. I want to let you know that. You got to remove feelings from it. Because feelings are like a can of mixed nuts. You just don't know what you're going to get out of it. Amen? Sometimes it's more peanuts, and now you're not Brazilian nuts, right? The stuff you really want. Don't laugh. It's true. It's mental toughness. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, 3, 4, it says this. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye, trust ye in the Lord, for in the Lord is everlasting strength. Amen. There's a key portion of scripture in there. And it says this. It says, the key portion is, is whose mind is stayed on thee. See, you got to put on the mind of Christ in order for you to experience what it is to be resilient or experience the action of it. Or the, amen. You got to put on the mind of Christ. And when, you, when, when your mind is stayed on Christ, it's this. It, it, it is you literally resting on God. Amen. It is, it is, being, it is being braced. It's bracing oneself upon that. Amen. Upon the word of God. And when you, when you, when you rest on the things of God, you're going to come out triumph, triumphant. You have, you have no place to go but up, amen. You have, no place, you have nothing, to, nothing um, to expect but to overcome. But you got to lay your mind upon God. You got to put on the mind of Christ. You got to live by this word right here. You can't deviate from it. It's like those instructions you get from Ikea when you buy a certain piece of furniture and it comes with all those weird instructions and like 150 little bolts and, and all these things. And then you think because, you, you know, uh, I'm mechanically inclined, I can do this, right? And you throw away the directions out with the, well, out with the box and you got all these little parts left over and you're figuring out how this goes together, right? Takes you a little longer to do it. I'm not saying you can't do it. You could do it, but it's going to take you a little longer, right? But if you were just to stick to the directions, you would be able to rectify that, that modular furniture in no time and being enjoying it in your home in a fraction of the time instead of getting all frustrated and kicking the box and wondering why they're, they're in every other language but English. Amen? <laughs> right? And the Word of God is like that. You got to apply it to your life in order for you, to, like I said, to experience your theme. If you, if you don't apply it to your life, you're not going to expect, you're not going to have that outcome. What's broken? Is it the theme or is it us? And at times, it is us. 
Because we have free will. Right? We forget that when we gave our lives to Christ, that our life was no, is no longer our, our own, but it belongs to him. We forget that, that, that all things work together for good. Amen? And then we start, act, we start singing our songs, woe's me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. Right? Nobody understands. We got to put, we got to, we got to have our minds stayed upon the word. Amen. And then it's everlasting. It's not a temporal thing. It's something that you can bank on. When you rest upon the things of God, you, you will always come out resilient in everything. You're going through a hard economic situation. And because, because uh, we see, for some reason, when we're sitting down and, and, and we're going over the bills and everything and, and the mortgage and, and the insurance, all that stuff, and say, man, I can't afford my, my, my tithes. I can't afford to give an offering. I can't afford to give them my time. I need to, give, I need to uh, ask for some overtime, amen? You're not trusting in the things of God. And therefore, you're not being resilient through this hard economic times. And I know all the time people say, there they go, talking about money again. Right? But we all understand money, right? It's something that we can all relate to. We all know about, about how it is to, to um, go through a, 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 tight, a tight part in our life economically and, and when, when, when there's abundance, right? We all can relate to money, right? And we all can relate to food, Andrea. That's why I like to talk about ice cream and enchiladas and stuff like that. Because all of us can relate to food. Everybody here eats. When's the last time you ate? Yeah. See? Amen. Amen. I'm pretty sure everybody ate last night, right? Raise your hand if you ate last night. Right? There you go. Amen. So, we want to experience resilience. We want to be a recipient of this objective. We want it to identify us. I can bounce back from that. I can spring back from that. Amen? Felicity the cat had a bag of tricks. I got the word of God. Amen? I can tell you this word has never left me high and dry. And there have been times in, our, in my life where I've went through things and I prolonged it because I was stubborn and stiff-necked and I didn't want to yield to the word of God. And a lot of times that has to do with pride, you know, because we think we have the answers to our lives. Amen. We want to get into things that really we have, a, we have an idea, but it's a vague idea. Have you ever looked under the hood of a new car today? There, 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 there are a lot of computer parts in there, right? Wires and everything. And, and we try to get in there and... Like we're working on an old Chevy where it's still just nuts and bolts and timing belts and stuff like that. But it's something more complicated than that. Amen. You need training to get into it so that it can run right. Amen. 
And life is like that. Life is complicated. Life is not simple. The things that you go through when you're 10 are not, di- are not the same as the things you go through when you're 20. And the things you go through when, when you're 20 are not the same things you're going to go through when you're 30. And, and so on and so on. There are seasons in life, amen, and you're going to have to be resilient in order to get through those things, amen. I'm starting to get to the age now where I start to feel aches and pains now. I hurt myself sometimes coming out of bed. Where did that come from, right? I can't drink milk no more, and I love milk. It's not the same eating chocolate cake cookies no more when you can't drink milk. And those are things that you got to come to grips to. And you got to find solutions around it, amen. And life is like that. Life comes at us in, 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 in different forms and different formats. And you're going to need the word of God to make you resilient or else life will bring you down. Life will hold you down, amen. And then you're there looking for some help, amen, some therapy. When all you need is the word of Jesus. It'll heal your mind. It'll set you straight. Amen. And you know what it comes down to? Being resilient. What it really comes down to is repentance. Amen. And I know when we first come to God, we hear that word repentance, amen. And pretty much you ask anybody what is repentance? What is it? It's a turning away from sin, right? And, that, and that's a, for me, yes, that's a correct answer, but it's a generic answer, though. Because there are many aspects of repentance. It's composed of a lot of elements, amen? In 2 Peter 3, 9, um, 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 have you got it? Can you put it up there? It says this, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some count slackness, but it is but it's long suffering towards us. Long suffering. God got a lot of patience with us, doesn't he? Amen. It's the type of patience that some of us have with our children. Amen. God has a lot of patience for us. He really does. But I like this part right here where he says, Not wanting that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Who was he talking to when this when this scripture? Was being quoted. Who was he talking to? The saved or the unsaved? The saved, right? He was speaking to the saved. Amen. And repentance means to, uh, okay, a change of mind. Repentance is an intellectual change. You got to change the way you think. Amen. What does Romans say? Uh, be not conformed to the things of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. And resilience has to do with you having an intellectual change on how you view the matter, how you view the situation. And you got to put on Jesus' glasses so that you can see your way through. Amen? So So that resilience can be a part of your everyday persona. Amen? Right? We have those little challenges, and then we got those big challenges. Amen? Like I said, new seasons in our lives, right? So, therefore, we're constantly renewing our way of thinking. 
Because we're going through new seasons, right? You can't get amen? Is it? <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> amen. I know. I see you guys looking at your clocks. I'm not going to keep you back from your tacos. I'm almost done. Amen. Resilience. Amen. You know, I'm going to tell you a, a testimony. Amen. About God's resilience. And about being resilient. We, me and my wife, we suffered a loss in our family. We lost our granddaughter. My son lost his, his first baby. She wasn't born into the world yet, but she was very much alive to us. Our daughter-in-law was eight months pregnant. We were literally one week away from throwing the baby shower. So she was very much alive to us, Isla. My son named her Isla Nadia Magana. But we didn't get to experience that joy of having a, a new grandbaby in the home. And in the midst of it all, it's like our whole church was pregnant. We have th three brand new babies in our church right now. They all would have been born during the same time. A month, a couple of weeks apart, all of them. And my son was devastated. My daughter-in-law was devastated. This just recently happened not too long ago. You can, it can get real easy to get mad and get angry and cry. In your time of loss. And yeah, there is that moment for that. But you got to get back up. You got to dust yourself off. And you got to put on, be like, kind of like David. Where he got up and he, take off, he took off his, that sackcloth. He anointed his head, amen. And he got dressed. And he said it was well with him, right? You don't forget but you honor. It can be either the thing that brought you down, be a remembrance of the thing that brought you down, or it can be a, a, a memorial of the thing that brought you out and made you stronger. So I, so I know what it is. We know what it is, and I'm pretty sure you all know what it is. I'm pretty sure there are those that are out there that have suffered loss. Of a loved one, of a brother, a father, a child, amen? But you're here. You're lifting up hands. You're lifting up your voices. You're giving praise unto God, amen? And you're able to do that because your mind is stayed upon the things of the Lord, amen? And therefore, you're resilient. Amen? God will get you through it. God will pull you through it. And in this, time, in this day and age, the world is ripe for the coming of the Lord. He, he really is. I mean, it can happen tomorrow. It can happen tonight. It can happen next week. I mean, 
I mean, you literally got to be blind or spiritually dull not to recognize the season that we're in. It's the reaping season. Everywhere you turn and every, everywhere you look, all you hear is bad. You are the light of the, to the world. You are a light right now in a dark place, and you need to let your light shine. You are the answer to their questions. You are the cure to their remedy, amen? Because you got Jesus. You got living waters flowing through you, amen? You got the Holy Ghost flowing through you, amen? What does scripture say? That these signs shall follow them, right? That you will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover, right? That you will cast out, right? Tread upon scorpions, all right? You got power. You got duty must. And there's a lot of times we don't believe that. We walk around in our own little Christian bubble and we don't let, we don't let ourselves flow. We want to be our own little oasis. God's about pouring out. God is about spreading himself around. Amen? So now is the time. If you're second guessing this, now's the time to get to be for sure. To know what you stand on. Amen? There's no time really right now to... Um, To contemplate where you're at in God. What you, got, what you got to get a handle on is that you're saved in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you went down in the waters? Raise a hand. Amen. Right? You baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, right? Right? So he gave a life for what? For a life. A life or a life, right? A life for a life. That's a good exchange. He expects nothing less from you. God says what? To learn with all your strength and all your might, right? I know I'm paraphrasing, right? But you know what I'm talking about, right? He doesn't want 10% of you. He doesn't want half of you. He wants all of you and all that comes with you. He wants your hang-up. He wants your, your, those things that make you cry at night. He wants that. He wants the things that make you second-guess. He wants that. That pain that you can't get rid of it, he wants that. That bitterness that you have in you, he wants that too. Because he gave it all. For you. And you know, for your first time, members that are here, and if you don't understand that, you all want to let you know God is as real as that chair that you're sitting on right there. You can feel him. It's like fire shut up in your bones is what the Bible says, amen. If you never experienced Jesus, you know what? You're at the right place to experience him, him here today. Because God gave his life for your life. And he wants it all. He don't believe in sharing. He wants it all. So give it to him. 
You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be squeaky clean. That's what the blood is for. It covered all that. And washed it. Washed you. It is his grace. His unmerited favor towards you. So you will have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. So, as I get ready to wrap this, this, this um, sermon up, what you want is grit to go along with this. And, and uh, grit is a word that synom- is synonymous with, uh, with, um, with, um, <clears throat> with uh, uh, resilience. And grit means this. It means it's the tendency to sustain interest and effort towards a long-term goal. Serving God is long-term. And it, it, ta- it, and it requires your constant attention. It requires a constant effort. You know, like when you get up in that morning and you don't feel like praying? Well, you know what? It requires effort. Praying takes effort. Amen? Even if you don't feel it, you still got to pray it. Amen? It requires a constant attention. There are some of us that give attention to our cars, to our motorcycles, to a group that we belong to, and we'll give it our all. And we'll, some of us, we will lay down our lives for those things. Some of us will forsake some things to make sure that that, whatever it is, comes to its full fruition. And in the end, they'll leave you high and dry and by yourself. Amen? Because when calamity comes, where are the friends? Where are the amigos? Where are the homies? Right? I know in my deepest, darkest times, I know that Jesus was there for me. And I got some God-filled people. Serving God is a lifetime commitment. Right? It was blood that got you into this. Amen. Somebody spilled some blood to pull us away from that. Amen. You know they say that this salvation is um it's a gift, right? And a lot of times I think that that's why at times we take it for um for granted because it didn't cost us. But it costed somebody. It costed Jesus. Amen. So in the end, it came at a great cost. Amen. Something freely given to us. Amen. Resilience. You got it. It is your theme for the year. And you're, you're, we're, begin, we're on the last half of the year. Amen. And it's time that you let that, we let that embody us. Amen. That it becomes a definition of who you are. When people talk about you, say, man, that bird is resilient. He came out of that like nothing. 
Amen. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Those people can, they push through. Amen. Instead of being a sad story, some country song. Right? Gonna need some whiskey glasses if I'm gonna make it through. You know, all I needed was Jesus and an altar. You didn't need whiskey glasses. Amen? All right, church, I leave you with that.